Internet. This is Steve. And this is Ryan. You're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing podcast. Here we are. We're back. Yes, we are alive. Episode 6.2, Six. version 6.2. Okay. Uh, we had some technical issues. Uh, we let five go through. But uh, we're back. We've got a new recording interface. Thanks. You know, we, we haven't missed any time, so we didn't have to tell them. Yeah, that's true. We didn't have to admit our own mistakes and faults. <laughs> uh, uh, we have decided that we're going to have a, an imaginary producer named Gary, who we blame everything on. So Gary really dropped the ball. Yeah, great job, Gary. Great job, Gary. Ugh. Uh, good luck getting it right this time, Gary. Yeah. We're all counting on you. Yeah. We're going to be uh, verbally abusive to Gary as much as possible. <laughs> so what? Are we going to have a podcast that's just 50 minutes of us yelling at an imaginary person? Gosh, I hope so. <laughs> uh, so what, what's new with you, Steve? Anything new going on? Uh, so I worked a youth retreat this weekend doing music and like kid counseling type stuff uh-huh. and i learned that i now suck at electric guitar oh <laughs> whereas i used to at least be adequate now right. i have no idea what i'm doing what how how do you suck like in what um, way do you suck i mean because so, i know that you don't suck at bass right now you're good at so bass. so basically a lot of it comes down to the fact that when i played a lot of guitar my home like my home position for leads was the was g Right. It was like the G string. Sure. And my home position on bass is the A string. Okay. So I basically spent the first day and a half like a uh, whole step flat on like every lead. <laughs> or like fighting fighting to try right. to find notes. You're on the wrong string. Yeah. Because I was like, what? Where am I? Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, like I can't like just move down and play the A and D string. Right. Because... My muscle memory is for on guitar is for the G and B string, but my recollection of what notes are what is for the A and D string. Hmm. So it was a uh, by so this was a Saturday Sunday Monday thing. By like Sunday night, I had hammered out a lot of the issues I was having, and I kind of like found my groove again. Right, but like right, first, right at the end of the event. yeah, the first day and a half was <laughs> painful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it worked out like it, you know, yeah. except yeah. I felt bad for like the one kid that kept coming up and playing like, uh, sunshine of your love <laughs> and just like killing it. But then I didn't feel too bad because he would be playing the song and I walked in the room and I went, I've been waiting to, so, or was it what I've been waiting <laughs> so it, long. Steve. And he looks yes. at me and he's like, what, 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 what? What song is that? I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> he probably learned the riff from like a video or from like a magazine or something. Yeah, like I don't that. know. But I mean, the kid could rip. I don't but think it was kids just funny. read guitar magazines anymore. They probably just he probably found uh, the riff online or something. Maybe he got it like in a guitar lessons class where they yeah. just like, oh, learn this riff. Yeah. When I was a kid, they had I would get the guitar magazines and they would always be like, oh, here's tabs for the top 20 riffs of the 60s oh and boy. you would learn all that stuff and it was a good good learning thing for me but uh <laughs> i don't know we're 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 uh, venturing into weird territory yeah here. all right let's uh let's you got anything new i got a uh electro harmonics satisfaction fuzz cool which is one of their new pedals that they put out uh 
$54 on eBay, free shipping. Wow. And basically what this is, is it's supposed to be a copy of the the Maestro pedals uh, from the 60s that were like the, the first fuzz pedals, basically. Right, right. Like original 60s fuzz sounds, just nasty, gritty. Right, like, that, like nasty, gritty, like kind of a high-end yeah like buzzy buzzy bees sort of thing and it's it's called the satisfaction because the the maestro is the pedal that keith richards used on that rolling stone song right. basically right. so you can get that signature kind of so- sound of that song sure sound of this pedal but i'm really excited about it because i've actually been looking for something like this for years i play right. in a surf band and uh, every now and then fuzz comes into the mix and it's really difficult to find fuzz pedals that are of this flavor like everything these days is a variation of either a fuzz face or a big muff sure and then you get some other stuff on the side but it's mostly things that sound more modern they have a lot more low end to them a lot more like a mid-range kind of frequencies this is all nasty high-end high uh, high frequency grit it's just edgy it's hard to listen to and that's exactly why i wanted it and uh i've i've only had it a couple days but i'm pretty excited about it i've been uh preaching its merits online to to different places and whatnot uh we were thinking about doing a demo but i think we're going to skip that today uh but we're gonna do uh we're gonna do a bit here hold, hold on i have to ask you this question ask me the question steve you're two days in at this point, would you say that you're satisfied with this pedal? <laughs> I still have satisfaction. Right. Uh, it's it's definitely. Uh, people were asking me on on one of the guitar groups. They were asking me how versatile it is. It is not. It is not versatile in any way. It is a single purpose kind of pedal. Uh, the neat thing about it is how low gain you can go with it. Like right. a lot of pedal, a lot of fuzz pedals start out me- medium gain and then they go super heavy gain. Uh, this starts out. Where you can take the volume knob, uh, well, no, you can take the gain knob, and if you even have the volume knob cranked, you can take the gain knob, and when you turn it all the way down, you lose the signal. It's gone. Right. Like it goes all the way to zero, mm. and then it actually does get pretty high gain when you take the gain all the way up, but you can mess around with those really neat 60s light, drivey kind of sounds. Uh, it's, a, it's a great pedal for $54. Yeah. I'm stoked. Cool. I'm stoked cool. on this. Uh, we we have a bit that we're going to do, and uh, we thought this up, and our friend Adam Powell, friend of the show, uh, made a theme song for it. And uh, We basically have one friend of the show. <laughs> no, we have a lot of friends of the okay, show. Okay, that's true. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the, 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 the theme of this bit is, uh, is, is basically, uh, well, let's just play the song, and yeah. you'll, get, you'll get the idea. Here we go.
got this uh, this new pedal. It's called the Satisfaction Fuzz. It uh, it it basically is made to sound like a vintage '60s fuzz, but it's really cheap. It was only sixty bucks. Oh, that's nice, honey. Okay, so that was the bit. Moving on, let's let's get into some ads, Steve. All right, uh, we've got we've got two ads here, but they're super fat ads this week. They're fat. They're fat. They're bloated ads. First ad. The title is two rare guitars, two rare effect pedals for trade slash sell. Seven hundred fifty dollars. This is in downtown LA. I've been doing some Craigslist tourism, going around <laughs> to different cities on Craigslist, looking at what is going on. And Los Angeles uh, has some cool stuff going on. I wonder how Craigslist tourism compares with actual tourism. Like, it's cheaper. Well, there is. Well, maybe. <laughs> I. It, here's here's the thing. When you're on a Craigslist tour. Like you, you, you're like you're much less likely to actually buy something. I'm not motivated to drive up to LA to buy right, something. Right. Well, what I'm thinking is like so. There are cities where there's a lot to do. So if you uh-huh. go, to, and that also have very active Craigslist. So sure. like Memphis, Nashville, Seattle, Portland, like they're Los yeah. Angeles music town. And there's a lot of touristy things to be there. Uh-huh. To be there. To do there. To do there. What I want to know is how does Phoenix's Craigslist compare? to the lack of things to do in Phoenix. Is there a lack of things to do in Phoenix? If you're in Phoenix, let think, us let us know if your town sucks. Yeah, I haven't seen any ads from Phoenix. We haven't had anyone send any to us. Well, that just means no one listens to us from Phoenix. Now or no one lives there. <laughs> I think there's people, there's that, live people there. that live there. They have a baseball team and yeah. a basketball team and a football team. I don't I don't know if that would <laughs> mean that there's a good amount of musicians there. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying there's people there. Yeah, there's people there. All right. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so first ad, uh, the, the two guitars and two effects pedals that they're talking about. Uh, the first effects pedal is a vintage 1970s Electro Harmonics Electric Mistress, modified and signed by Howard Davis, one of the original EH, EHX designers. The second uh, the item on here is a guitar. It's a limited edition Dan Electro Hodad Baritone, uh, limited edition version, and now discontinued model. And it's it's one of the the baritones that's it's got the Hodad body shape and it's got like three pickups in like a Strat configuration. And then there's a early Tisco with a prototype Floyd Rose. Uh, tremolo on it and this is like your standard well I wouldn't say standard but it's a it's your your vintage 60s Tisco it's got the big blocky pickups in there yeah it's got some neat uh, features we'll talk about that and then there's a tech 21 leads pedal tone is based on the lead live at Leeds album by the who so let, let's talk about this this guy originally posted this ad for a thousand dollars which was which was overpriced the 750 for sure. 750 is in the realm of normalcy for this. Uh, yeah, I guess that's fair. So one of the things I didn't realize when I was looking up, trying to look up prices for this, uh-huh. is that the Electric Mistress was signed. I don't know that that matters that much. Probably not. Unless you're a big EHX aficionado. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's still, I mean, that's kind of like a neat thing if you're a guitar junkie. Yeah, it's neat. And you know, I think I think that stuff like that is not going to go down in value. It's, no. it's it's established as being something that is desirable and people are still going to are going to keep paying more and more for it as the years go by. I don't think it's a bad investment to pick something like that up. Sure. Um, a lot of people are getting into older kind of 
modulations and delay pedals and things like that. Uh, the 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 reason this ad really grabbed me is because of that Hodad baritone. I talked to Steve over uh, instant message about it when it came up because I've been seeing certain '90s reissue Dan Electros, which this is, uh, certain models popping up for really expensive, like in the in the five to six hundred to even seven hundred dollar range. And I looked at this and I thought, oh my gosh, seven hundred fifty dollars for all these things. That 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 Dan Electro would make it all worth it. It must be worth so much. Yeah. But then I looked up the price on the, like the complete listing price on eBay and those things go for two fifty all the time. Yeah. The, the whole sometimes sometimes lower. uh, The triple pickup design is cool. Like I, Uh I I appreciate. And it's got the selectomatic knob uh, pick pickup selector. So it's like, it's, it's not just like a strat. Like you could select all three pickups. You could do the neck and the bridge. You could do any combination you want. They have yeah, it all set and up. it's the Dan Electro pickup. So it, uh-huh. it is, uh, it's a thing. I, I kind of feel like Dan Electro because the Hodad is kind of like a recite, like it's almost a throwaway for them, the name and yeah. everything that in a sense, they've kind of watered down the, the brand. Uh-huh. Whereas like the U1 or the U2 or, like or even the U3, like people know what that is. Like, right, you know right. What you're getting those are your classic uh, Dan Electro shapes. Yeah, the Hodad was a shape that was just loosely based on like a Moserite kind of shape, right. but it was a unique shape for Dan Electro to be releasing in the '90s as you know the reissue line, and it didn't find good favor with a lot of people. But I think the original runs were really neat. They are still had the uh, they still had the hollow body construction. It was made out of masonite and whatnot, and uh, plasticky, super glitter bodies with the the tape wrapping around the side of it. Uh, I think what really happened with the Hodad is it got a bad name because later on down the line they released uh, a collection of Hodad guitars that were made out of wood, which is not characteristic for Dan Electro, and they had these really cheesy built-in effects and it was a guitar that was priced sub $200. It was like your entry-level student model sort of thing. And it was just a really cheap guitar that didn't hold up well and people didn't like it. And it was one of those things where people bought it as their first guitar. Yeah, And so it's got a bad reputation because of that. But I think this particular guitar, even though it's the Hodad, I think it's neat. I think for 250 bucks, uh, if you can get one on eBay, I think that's a if you're if you're baritone curious, that's a good place to start. There's nothing wrong with this guitar. Yeah, if you're looking at this ad, I mean, I would guess the Tisco. You can probably you could probably push for two fifty on it. Yeah, the Dan Electro is probably worth about two fifty. So you're only looking at getting one hundred and twenty five bucks a piece for the other two pedals. Yeah. Seven fifty is not a great deal, but it's a solid price. Like yeah. you're not getting ripped off. And this guy indicates at the bottom that uh, the ad that he'll part it out. He'll yeah. go for individual pieces. The the Tech Twenty One. That's which which one is it again? The the Leeds pedal. Leeds. So that's uh, so that's like their high watt clone. Uh-huh. Uh, high watt. I want to say the DR one hundred three. Right. Whatever the Pete Townsend one was. Um, I've only hear I only really hear feedback on the Liverpool and the Blonde, but I also run a lot in like praise and worship circles sure. where everyone's trying to emulate like either a Fender or or a Vox. Or a Vox. Yeah. Um, but 
Uh, people or, like those pedals, though. People yeah, like, like those amp sim, sim pedals from Tech 21. Yeah, yeah. A lot of guys that are having to go direct, or even not going direct, but want to give like their clean palette, like a, something a little different to play with, I really like those pedals. So, uh-huh. you know, it's a solid pickup. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that uh, all these all these guitars are solid. The, the, let's talk about the Tisco. It's neat. It's it's got an aftermarket tremolo on it, and it claims that it's some kind of uh, some kind of uh, Floyd Rose early model. But it's this surface mounted tremolo system that I've never seen before. It's blocky. It's eighties looking. It's got this long strap bar coming out of it. It definitely doesn't look like it belongs with the Tisco, yep. and then it looks like there's an aftermarket Jaguar bridge on this thing. Right here, I'll pass it to you. Yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting piece. Um, I don't really know what's going on. I don't really understand just from looking at it why he says it's a prototype Floyd Rose. There's no there's no markings on it as far as we can tell. It might actually be a legit prototype. Yeah, there's but you know, there's also nothing about it that w- seems to indicate that it is a any sort of locking no, system. No, it's not a locking system. It's just a straight surface mount um, tremolo. It probably acts and feels a lot like a Bigsby. Yeah, that would be my guess or like maybe like a more of a uh what's the one that's on uh like the SGs? Uh-huh. The is it the Maestro or Yeah, the, the or the Vibrola. The Vibrola. Uh-huh. They they call them Maestros too depending on the model. Uh another neat thing about this guitar is got uh three individual switches for the three pickups so you yeah. can do any combination you want. And it's got four sliders to do you remember what we said those sliders were for? I think for? they're all volume. Oh, yeah, that, that was it. four pickups, right? It was it's three pickups, so it's a volume for each pickup, so you could really blend this thing crazy. Yeah. And then one tone. Yeah, and then the switches, I, I'm assuming, are on-off switches. Yeah. Uh, there's a little There's a little switch by the, by the output, too. I don't know what hmm. that does. Yeah, these guys, there's a lot of things it could be. It could be a kill switch it could be phasing yeah. it's a pretty guitar it though it's got things. it's got this uh flamed kind of wood in inside of a fireburst sort of thing going on it's got a neat uh tortoise shell pick guard like you don't see that kind of tortoise shell anymore right it's got binding on the neck it's yeah, got it's, the german carve around the edge it's pretty it's a pretty guitar someone's gonna buy that and they're if it plays well enough, they're going to have a great time with this yeah, guitar. They're going to start a Jack White cover band. <laughs> no, that's Airlines. He doesn't play oh, T-Skies. Whatever. Yeah, it probably gets you a similar sound, though. That's for sure. And then we've got... Uh, let's move on to the next ad. Put that one in the trash. I'm literally putting it into a trash can here. Uh, throwing trees away. All right, we have... I'm just going to read the title. It says, Josh Bolin, 1989. (laughs) Batman and Joker guitar set. Matching serial numbers. $14,000. Good Lord, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. You'd have to rob a bank in some sort of elaborate scheme to get all that money. And you could go out and buy this guitar and you could leave behind... So a trademarked is, card or something like that, or write your name on the wall. And maybe you could 
Put it all in question marks. A crime fighter will come and track you down and take your money away. This, you know, we we had an episode a while back ago where we were talking. I think that was last episode, wasn't it? Where we were talking about uh, collectible things. Yeah, Things yeah. that are signed. Things that aren't worth anything as far as collectibles. We talked about that Fender amp, amp, uh, amp can that someone said was collectible and it's not. This <laughs> is uh, This is actually... An ad for two guitars that are legitimately collectible and legitimately have value, even though they're associated with a movie franchise as a promotional thing. Uh, these guitars actually have value because of the guy who built them, Josh right. Bolin, and because of their close association with basically what's a modern classic movie. You know the the kind of the, the superhero movie that kind of has led us to this point where superhero movies are the most commercially viable movies that there right. are, the big blockbuster uh, money making movies that they are that didn't used to be that way. Uh, superhero movies used to be a joke, and it's you know it's very fun in the hearts of many people, and these are legitimately really nice guitars. We'll post the ad up. Uh, it, basically, what we're looking at here is two guitars. The Batman guitar is basically an SG body shape. It's got one EMG pickup in it with uh, a tunomatic bridge and stop tail. And then you go up the neck. The whole thing's black except for the Batman logo on the body. And then you go up the neck and the headstock of the guitar is Batman's head. Batman's head. It's Batman's head with the lower part of his face printed in yellow and his eyes printed in yellow. And the shape of the of the headstock is his ears. And it's just a, a wicked cool-looking guitar. But I'm a big fan of the Joker guitar. <laughs> I think the Joker guitar is just miles of slick. It's so cool. It's this really weird, like, amiibo, soft-cornered star shape. Right. Like, imagine, like, the Miller logo the, for Miller Beer. Oh, yeah. It's like that, only, like, if someone stretched out the edges... The body's purple with yeah. pinstripes. It's kind of like the Miller logo, only it's not advertising something that sucks. Right. <laughs> uh, it's it the the body of it is purple with pinstripes like the Joker's suit. The neck is bright green, like crazy bright green. I don't know if the neck is painted or if they stained wood or if it's some other material. Yeah, I was trying to look at close-ups of the neck, and it's it's just like it's hard to tell. It's just green. I'm sure, it says somewhere. And it's got a headstock on it with uh, the Joker. It's got kind of this odd shape that just holds uh, this picture of the Joker's face. You know, the, 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 a picture of the comic character. Right. And, you know, it, not even associated with the movie. These are cool comic book collectible kind of yeah. things. Just the association with the art that's on there. Uh, they're built by a master guy. uh who builds awesome guitars or used to. I don't know if he currently does. I haven't looked at him up he, too much. He still has a website. But I know. Uh, it's hard. To, I couldn't. I don't remember what all was on it. It was kind of an old yeah. looking. It looked like a GeoCity site. Sure, sure. Well, a lot of these guys, they're not yeah. web developers. No. They have a couple of customers a year and that pays their bills. So why why fix it if it's sure. broken? Sure. Another cool thing about the Joker guitar, there's a tiny little red button on it and you press that button and the guitar laughs. It's got it makes the, <laughs> the sound of the Joker laughing. Uh, there's it's really hard to find precedent for the actual cost of these, but what you do find online is numbers very close to what this guy is asking. Yeah, Chicago Music Exchange sold one of these 
at least recently enough that if you do a Google search for yeah. Josh Bolin, Batman guitar, like you'll find a link to Chicago uh-huh. Music Exchange. And they uh, they did a really cool video. They only had the Joker guitar. I don't think they had the Batman guitar. And they, they had that right. one listed, just, just the one for $7,000. This is both guitars together, matching serial numbers, so you don't want to separate them. Uh, the thing about this... This is not a Craigslist ad guitar. No. Like, this why, is, would, why would you sell this on Craigslist? This is a... Well, you know, I was thinking about this, and I wonder if, because you have, like, Microsoft and Boeing... Oh, this is by the way, Seattle, it's, right? it's in Oregon. It doesn't... Oh, this it's is not, in Oregon? It's not specific to a city. It just says Oregon. Okay. For some reason, I thought this was in Seattle. No. I mean, if it's in Portland, then it's close enough. Yeah, I guess. For a collector. A collector it, would arranged to have it brought to oh yeah sure sure i was thinking like if it was in seattle like maybe some you hope that steve balmer right sure you know or whatever the guy is that runs boeing is like really loves batman (laughs) well who doesn't love batman yeah well and and that's why this works as a as a collector's piece and that's why it retains value is one it's it's something that's made by like a a guy who is like kind of a, a really niche yeah, a uh, custom guitar builder, and it's an advertisement for something that's iconic. Uh huh. And so you're combining like a high, basically a high end franchise, like an indelible franchise, mm-hmm. with an awesome guitar. Right. And so it's it's actually worth something. What is what is the word that art collectors use for when something has value? There's there's some word for basically. A term that they use when something has established value because it's been sold at a price or it has a uh, it has a history. I can't think of the I word. Don't know. Who knows? It's like a pedigree. Yeah, something along those lines. But, but it's it, like an art. Fancy, yeah, it's fancy it's word. something specific to art. that industry. Yeah, um, but that's basically what these guitars have. This isn't some guitar that somebody signed and now the the person is trying to ask a lot of money for it. These are actual collector's pieces. Right. Uh, I like I said before. I don't think these should be sold on Craigslist. I think at the very minimum, these are guitars for eBay. I yeah. think at ideally, you put these up for auction and you alert collectors that it's going up for auction. Sure. Sort of thing. This is not the sort of thing you sell on Craigslist. Yeah. Or you find like uh, you know some kind of con- like high end consignment. Yeah. In San Diego, maybe like what. Uh, like a place like Buffalo Brothers. Sure, that would be or, a perfect place. Uh, there Some you, place that there ha- was a place in Escondido that Snyder Amps was operating out of. That's like uh-huh. Super Sound Music, I think it's called. Some place like where you can leave it there, and they can take pictures of it and advertise that they have it, and yeah. someone will see it and eventually want to buy it. Like you don't, you don't want to put this up on Craigslist. People, no one's going to want to buy it. No. People on Craigslist don't have that kind of money. They're looking for a deal. Sure, and you're not, you're not hitting. A wide enough audience and you're not hitting a specific enough audience yeah so uh, i think that ad was sent to us by cody thompson uh-huh thanks cody thanks cody we have two friends of the show now <laughs> we have a lot of the a lot of friends of the show yeah this week's actually had a lot of uh we've had a lot of activity on yeah. the on the forum this week so lots of people joining the the facebook group leaving us comments getting really excited about us please if if you're not one of those people uh, join the crowd. Get in with yeah. the in crowd. Run, get get on, on the Facebook. Facebook group. Look us up. Uh, ask us questions. Uh, make demands. Send us ads from your area. Yeah. 
shoot us uh shoot us an email at 60 cycle humcast at gmail.com yeah i'll read it <laughs> steve will read it or i will read it or we'll have someone else come in and read it yeah like so, gary yeah we'll have gary gary he's not even paying attention right now jerk he's probably playing flappy bird <laughs> that guy he, we made him up and he's such a jerk <laughs> <laughs> so moving on uh what the the topic we're going to talk about this week is uh some new stuff that's coming out we already kind of talked about one of them the 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 ehx satisfaction uh but ehx has put out an, a line recently of really affordable drive pedals where in the past they haven't really had that many drives they're yeah. known for the big muff and they're known for a lot of really unique mod pedals. Yeah, they it, and with, delay pedals. With the HX for years, it was you know Deluxe Memory Man, Big Muff Pie, and then you know just kind of these weird like, excuse me, uh, electric electric mistress flangers yeah. and and I mean they Courses. had drive pedals, but it wasn't anything that people. You know, the hot tubes, I think, has been around for a long yeah. time and like things like that. But, but that stuff goes in and out uh, of production yeah, all the time. Yeah. And uh, so it's just kind of, uh, I mean, it's just kind of what it is, but uh-huh. it's kind of neat that EHX is putting out a line of pedals in their nano, their nano sized box. Yeah. Which that, is a really convenient size. That are, aren't just strict reissues. Like, I had for a long time the uh, linear power booster reissue, and that was really uh-huh. cool. Yeah, a lot uh, of people have those on their boards. Yeah, but it, it's cool that they're, uh, they're expanding to, like, act- actual new products that they haven't made before. Yeah, totally. Like, uh, they've got one called the Lumberjack uh, Logarithmic. I don't. Even, I can't even talk yeah, right to say that logarithmic pedal. It's mathematical, and it's a it's a drive that works on a different uh, gain structure or a sweep of of the of the gain. Right as you go up, like it goes up in this curve instead of going in a, in kind of a, a slant sort of shape. I think is the idea. Yeah, I, I haven't. I listened to demos of this pedal. It out. It's got a really unique sound. Hmm. I don't know. I don't completely understand what's going on. I can't quite wrap my head around what it's supposed to be, but you should go check it out. It might be the perfect thing for you. I right. was trying to question, is this the thing that I need that I didn't know <laughs> existed? It's it's really hard to kind of describe what's going on. It's, it's almost like the way I'd explain it from listening to demos, it sounds like you're slowly blending in a drive channel into a clean channel like instead of instead of introducing gain into a clean channel right. it's like you're blending a drive into a clean channel and it's like this fuzzy kind of tube screamery but kind of with a, a high pass thing going on it's really interesting yeah. someone out there is going to like discover this pedal and it's going to be their signature sound and uh they're going to get known for it I think the first pedal out of this line I heard about was the East River Drive. Like yeah. a lot of people were making noise about that, and I, it's basically a tube is screamer. Is it just clone. a tube screamer? Yeah, but it, you know it's got some different features, or it's yeah. very specific to certain kinds right. of tube screamers. And everyone's making a tube screamer, so why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, if, and if the, is this also like a sub sixty dollars? I think so. I mean, for the price of these things, new, like 
you could populate your whole board with them. Yeah, some kid's going to populate his board with all EHX pedals, and he's going to have great yeah. tone because EHX, like, they put they out solid. Great. They put out solid stuff. I've got a memory toy that I love. It's a great analog delay pedal. I love the satisfaction fuzz that I just got. Uh, the, another couple, they have the Soul Food. Let's talk about the Soul Food. Oh, yeah. Food. The, soul food's, uh, the Soul Food is making a lot of noise. Yeah, people are excited about this, and the reason they're excited about this is because if you, if you haven't heard about it, I'll, I'll talk about it real quick. There's a pedal called the Centaur Clone. The Centaur. The, the, the Clone Centaur. There we go. Oh, man. I really can't talk right this episode. <laughs> There's a pedal called the Clone Centaur. Right. Which is a pedal that because of its lack of availability and because of uh, that reason alone, on the used market goes from anywhere between $1,200 and $2,000. Yeah. There's one at our... Uh, not our closest guitar center, but the next closest guitar center, and, and apparently they want two thousand dollars. Yeah, for it. and people pay for that, and that's not really like that's only a twenty percent markup over street price. Like yeah, it's not yeah. like their guitar. I I like to go into guitar center and see you stuff and say to myself, "Wow, they really screwed up the pricing on that one." Uh huh. At twenty percent, like now twenty percent is a lot of money when you're talking about like sixteen hundred versus. To two thousand dollars, right? I mean, it's a four hundred dollar difference, but as far as a percentage goes, like that's not bad. Well, this is a very specific pedal, yes. That has a very specific demand. If you are recording in the county and you decide that you need this pedal, that's probably the only one available, and you're going to go pick it up, right? And they know that, so yeah. they're going to sit on it until someone buys it. So basically, this uh, the EHX uh, Soul Food is a copy of this. Yeah, it's a clone clone. And it is in the $50 range, right? Something like 50, that. $50, $60. 64 I want to say. And uh, already I saw a picture the other day. Uh, JHS has already done a mod of one. Yeah. And which probably brings it even closer to being a clone of the clone. Yeah. And uh, people are going nuts over them. People I, love them. I've been them. hearing that even just straight out of the box, like it keeps up with a lot of the popular clone clones which are like 150 to 300 yeah. bucks i mean if you go to a boutique pedal builder yeah they're going to be charging you over a hundred dollars for a clone clone sometimes over 200 dollars, depending on how pretty it is sure sure <laughs> and we're talking what this effect does we're talking about a really light drive yeah people use this to push their amps into aura drive it's not a pedal that you turn it on and everyone knows that you're running it like a flanger or a delay yeah, it's or a supposed to be like super transparent. Yeah, it's something you use and no one stuff. knows it's there. But uh, people are excited about this. Uh, other things in the line, they're re reissuing the soul. Uh, no, the the hot tubes pedal, right? Which is like a their own flavor of an overdrive pedal. They have the hot glove. I don't remember what that does. I think it's a distortion pedal. Uh, I have trouble. You know, EHX has had so many products, and their product line right now is massive. It's huge. So uh, much stuff. And their designs, I feel like, are pretty pretty memorable. Like, their box is pretty memorable. Mm -hmm. But there's something about it that seems a lot more utilitarian than, like, the Boss box. Yeah. And I appreciate that instead of just... I, I can appreciate the Boss design and the fact that all their pedals are just different colors... And even that they kind of like series, like all, of, I guess not all, but you know, their overdrives and basic distortions are all like or like some variation of orange sure. or yellow until you get into like the, me black. the metal stuff, which is all black. <laughs> um, their digital delays are all some variation of silvery something. Uh -huh. 
Uh, so that's kind of neat. But yeah. uh, the EHX, EHX stuff, stuff has really pretty multicolor screen printed graphics on them. Uh, they you know they retain a, an attractive look forever. Yeah, like they never get ugly looking, and uh, they sound great. You know, I've heard people complain about the switches going bad on them, but that's going to happen with anything. A lot of them are true bypass. Uh, I'm stoked. I, I'm actually looking that up right now. Foot switch selects blah blah blah. It doesn't. Does this say if it's? Oh, true bypass true switching. Bypass. So that's on the satisfaction. So there. Uh, <laughs> Steve yeah, is messing up my mess. stuff. So there's some. Uh, Let's blame that on Gary. Gary, you're making a mess. There's been some controversy over uh, EHX's true bypass stuff. At least there was with the linear power booster. Uh huh. Um, because supposedly there was actually like an 800k ohm drain or something oh, okay. when the pedal wasn't bypassed. Something weird, but I don't know. I, true bypass is kind of a, a whole other topic in itself. Yeah. So let's talk about that on a later podcast. Sure, sure. We'll read up on that and yeah. oh. still be confused. No, and then we'll try to talk about buffers and then we'll shoot ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so let's move on. Uh, another new thing that's, that's come out in, I don't know, I don't remember when this came out, but I remember when it did, I was impressed. And we're just now getting around to talking about it. There's a, a, a new guitar by PV. It's the PVAT-200, and it is an auto-tuning guitar that is powered by uh, some Antares software. Yeah. Some Antares auto-tuning software. And basically, you should you should look up videos of this because it's really neat. Yeah, PV has an official video. The guitar tone in it's kind of weird. but I think that was just the, the amp in, yeah. in the video. I think they were running it super clean just so you could hear how natural and jangly it could oh sound. yeah I, I don't necessarily think that's the tone you know it's one of those things where demos online are always you know you have to take them with a little grain of salt yeah who knows but the technology itself is really wild yeah it's it's really wild and he, he, here's what i'm going to say right off of the bat about this guitar about this line of guitars i think they're ugly oh yeah. i think pv has made an ugly guitar that i the the vain side of me doesn't want to be seen on a stage with this thing. PV makes some ugly guitars. Yeah, like I, don't, like I don't like the headstock. I don't, know why. I don't like the body. I don't like the color. Uh, if they put this system on like a PVT60, would you play it? Uh, what is the T60? The T60 was the oh like, yeah 70s, those eighties guitars. Oh that, yeah, that weighed like twenty pounds. If, if I would play it, but I would take a router to the back of it, and <laughs> I would I would take fifteen pounds of wood out of it out of it. In order to fit the tuning system in this thing, they probably had to would have to route out half the body anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this this guitar, beside the looks, it does this really cool thing. In the video, you see that they the guy picks up the guitar and he strums it, and you hear it's just massively out of tune like yeah. it just sounds like this thing has never been tuned someone put a ton of strings on it and then didn't even bother to tune it and he he does this thing where he opens strums it and then he holds down the volume knob it's like a push pull or like a momentary button sort of thing i think it's a push pull yeah and Definitely. in in like the half a second that he pushes it in the whole guitar goes what into tune every yep. every string changes its tune and the guitar is perfectly in an e-tuning or in an yeah what is that's what you would call it right yeah he does the he does the he, it's perfectly e in an first. open tuning yeah 
and uh, and then he starts to play it, and he shows that all the way down the neck, every single string on every single fret fret is, is perfectly annotated, perfectly in tune. all the way down. So you can strum any chord all the way down the neck, and it's always going to be in tune. He shows that it's smart enough software in the guitar that you can do bends, and it doesn't get confused and start doing weird things. Yeah. Uh, and the, I, the thing that really grabs my attention, because I don't really care about being perfectly in tune, I can set up my guitars well enough that I'm close enough uh, higher up on the neck that I don't worry about it. But the the thing that really got my attention is when you say, say you you hold like a, a bar to G chord mm-hmm. on the third fret and you're doing that E shape you hold that and then you press you strum it and then you press that button the whole guitar tunes to be in that open string tuning yeah. again and then when you release your G chord suddenly you're in an open tuning yeah. And not only just an open tuning, you're you're three notes lower, so you're an open G tuning or no what would that be? An open yeah, C sharp. Open. You would be an open C sharp. I think. Um I don't open, know. Something like that. You'd be an open something. You can you can basically how you could go to open D, you could go to open C, you could do all sorts of different crazy things like crazy tunings on the fly. So say you want to just change the tuning of your guitar on a fly, you could do it with this. You could you could open strum the guitar and then just hold down one string on one fret. Like you could hold down your E string on the the seventh fret and suddenly you'll have this crazy low bass string that you could use as a drone in B. Yeah, drop B. Yeah. Ish. And then you could be playing <laughs> you could be playing higher chords and hitting this this drone string like there's all sorts yeah. of crazy things you could do well, if, the, if the you video, have any kind of imagination you know in the video the guy like just holds a bar over the fifth fret and basically turns his guitar into a baritone instant guitar. baritone i do wonder like what the limitations are on the tracking because you know i would at least be semi-interested in messing around with putting a bar on the 12th fret oh yeah and turning it into like quick a, bass a fender bass six yep but uh, you know, those are the things I think about. It sounds really solid in the demo. Like you, yeah. never, you never hear it chirp or like try to track to yeah, to seems, find its key. Seems like it knows what it's doing. The the guy strums a lot of chords with it. It takes the chords like a pro. I I think it's basically like a Roland sort of system where the pickups each string is an individual pickup, right? And it senses individual strings instead of being a a pickup that just picks up everything so it's real smart it doesn't get confused by chords or multiple notes uh the the problem with these guitars is always the same thing though if the pickups don't sound good in reality you're never going to be using this guitar constantly yeah it was kind of hard to figure out i i mean i just watched the video i didn't look too much into it I wonder if the tuning has to do if if it's a pickups thing or I mean uh-huh. I guess it would have to be um, if there was some way that this was like a hex pickup that was just actually embedded in the saddles like right and then you can swap out the pickups any way you wanted I don't think you cool, could but I would really doubt if you could swap out the pickups I yeah I bet that the pickups are part of the system it's it's like, do you remember that uh, the, the Fernandez sustainer that I had? Yeah, yeah. I had this Fernandez sustainer. It had the sustainer system in it. And basically, if you don't know what that is, it's a 
it's like a built-in e-bow. If you've ever seen those things, it it magnetically stimulates the strings, so you could hold down a string and it'll make the string start to resonate and sustain infinitely. So you could hold one note and do all sorts of crazy stuff, or you could slide around and have the string just be like piano sustain, where it right. goes forever, or like a violin. You can get a lot of violin sounds with it. It's a really cool trick. It's a really cool system. The problem I had with it is that the pickups were part of the system, and I hated the way the pickups sounded. Right. But they were real muddy. Uh, there wasn't a lot of definition. And because you can't change them and keep the system, I just had to sell that guitar. I wonder, seriously, if these PV guitars will be like that, where you don't like the sound of it too bad. That's just the guitar. You yeah, know? and that's that's a hard place to be. But at, what are these, like 500 They're bucks? They're $500 retail like out the door it's a crazy low price for something like yeah this. yeah i don't you know f- for me 500 dollars isn't disposable but for sure. a lot of hobbyist guitar players like it is yeah that's that's entry levels like yeah. lower side of the mid-range sort of and, spectrum and this could be something where maybe you don't uh you know if you're a songwriter or something like that this could just be a songwriting guitar where, sure. oh, hey, uh, I want to, I have this idea for a song and I want to try like an open D tuning. Uh-huh. Instead of having to change the tuning on one of your guitars, you just do all your your uh, scratch work or whatever uh-huh. on this uh, on this guitar and then, uh, you know, go from there. Yeah. Decide if that's the tuning you really want to use or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's super convenient. Yeah, I could see someone really getting excited about this system. I kind of hope it takes off a little bit and they put it in a guitar that's prettier or or, put, <laughs> or sell it as a kit that you can put in your own guitar. Right. They're going to put it in a... Is, is a PV still making all like the Wolfgang guitars? Yeah, I'm sure they're making a couple of them. <laughs> I don't think they're terribly popular, yeah, though. Now they're like the HP series because they don't have a deal with, yeah. with Van Halen anymore. So now that they're all... Uh, the, instead of being Wolfgang, they're HP for, right. for Hartley PV. <laughs> okay, so so moving on, let's talk about the next thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, last thing on the list, these just came out a little while ago. Well, you know, let's, let's talk. You talk about them. Yeah, uh, so this is, I saw this the other day on uh, some group. Uh, I don't remember which one. But this is the Gibson Government series this is actually series two so apparently there was a series one that i yeah, missed i never saw him um so the, a few years ago i'm not sure how many i feel like it was late 2000s yeah uh i want to say it was like 2001 or 2011 maybe but i don't oh, know really might have been like 2009 I, think, I was thinking like eight or nine or something yeah like I, don't, I don't know anyway it's not important no it's not uh uh so a few years ago the government well it had to be after 2000 it had to be 2009 or later because obama was the president right was he president in 2000 okay yeah yeah, yeah he was president politics <laughs> um so uh so at some point the obama presidency oh my gosh the obama administration led by gary led by gary uh went to <laughs> Gibson's factory or whatever in Nashville and seized a bunch of tone woods under the accusation that there wasn't tr- proper tracking paperwork right. and because and you know or that Gibson had either stolen 
this this wood or, or purchased it illegally or whatever it. Yeah, or, or illegally harvested it so basically what it is what what this is all about is there are certain types of mahogany uh-huh. and rosewood primarily those two woods yeah. i'm sure there's a bunch of other woods but those and are ebony the, is a big one is ebony also yeah ebony is a big controversy yeah i know mahogany and rosewood are the two that you hear about and it's like you can't. I don't even think you can get Brazilian rosewood anymore. No. You can only get East Indian rosewood. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of the mahogany now is from Honduras. It's not from wherever Africa or wherever they were getting mahogany from before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the this whole point being that the government uh, was accusing Gibson of having all of this wood that they shouldn't have had that they got illegally, and they seized all their wood and they were going to levy this like three or four million dollar fine on them. And all of the people that hate Gibson for one reason or another, like, jumped on the bandwagon of, like, right. here's one more reason Gibson sucks. Yeah, they, they were destroying yeah. the rainforest. And uh, so apparently, I didn't know this was resolved. but yeah, a- me either. Apparently, uh, the government investigation was closed and Gibson was uh, de- found not guilty or whatever. Yep. And, or maybe, I, I mean, if they were guilty, maybe it was just of like they didn't have the right paperwork, but the wood was legit. Right. So they got all their wood back. Yep. And in a giant. It's really unusual when the government gives you wood. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we need a rim shot on that. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that was awful. Uh, Gary, why did you write that joke? <laughs> <laughs> What's bad is I wanted to follow it up with like, a, oh, you, you know that Sarah Palin. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. All right. Can, anyway. can we recover from this? No. <laughs> uh, anyway, so in a giant like double deuce, double middle fingers to the sky move, uh-huh. Gibson comes out with the government series guitars, which is taking these... Uh, tone woods that the or neck woods and body woods that the government had seized and making a line of like limited series guitars, limited run guitars that are in a quote government tan color right. with the Gibson Dirty Fingers pickups, which is like Gibson's ultra high output. Like, yeah, they're the modern same, pickup. Yeah, they're the same pickup that are in like the Tom DeLonge uh, ES. 330 whatever right. model. The, the brown thing with the stripe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just supposed to be this like super aggressive Gibson pickup. Uh-huh. And uh yeah, they're selling them and the the MSRP on these things is like $1100. Yeah. But, which is cheap for yeah, for a, a new great, Gibson. It's that's a great cheap. price. Yeah. Um and the features are really neat like it's you, if you you either love the paint job or hate it, hate it I think. Uh-huh. Uh, for me, I, I think it's something that would eventually grow on me. But my first thought was like, oh, this isn't this is a paint job that's going to look better in like ten years after I've dropped this guitar yeah. a few yeah. dozen times. That was that wasn't my first thought. That was like my third thought. Thought my first thought when I saw these guitars and I saw the color was Bleh. yeah yeah Bleh. oh it looks gross. It the- looks like the color of like that gray film. On the the yolk of a hard boiled egg. Yeah, it's really hard it's to pinpoint that, exactly what they call it tan, but it doesn't really look tan. It doesn't really look, right. It doesn't really look sand like a sandy yellow. It, it kind of looks look like green. the color of like a naval uniform or like a government building in the sixties. Yeah, 50s or something yeah. Like that. It's really yeah. uh, it's different. So my my second thought was like, oh well, maybe I should give it a second shot and look at it harder. <laughs> well, I guess it's a kind of a cool guitar. It's got neat features, but a nice price. And then my third thought was exactly what your thought was. 
what is this thing going to look like relict? Yeah. Like what yeah. wood is under there? What other layers of paint are there? This thing might look really cool once you get some bumps and scratches and get some natural wear on there or unnatural wear if, if you're into relic thing, things. Yeah. Uh, it might be really cool as the guitar that you're that you buy now and you're still playing as your main axe like 30 years down the yeah, road. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's It a, could be a future classic. It's a legit Gibson guitar. Yeah. I imagine it's built well. I was surprised to find that when I looked for these, one, I couldn't find any in stores. The Series 2 just came out, so maybe they have them at Guitar Center. I haven't looked since yeah. the day I was in Guitar I Center this. the other day and I didn't see them. Well, they probably won't have them in the store. They're no. probably like a special order thing. Yeah. Um, but what I was finding was that these are selling on eBay for above MSRP. That's very like unusual. $1,500. So people want these. Yeah, apparently, uh, at least for the Series 1 stuff, they only made like 300 of each uh-huh. guitar. And I know uh, what, what I saw was uh, Les Paul, SG, Explorer, and I think Flying V. Okay. So in total, if there's only 300 of each of these, that's only like 1,200 guitars. Yeah. That's a pretty limited run. Normally, limited run stuff from Gibson, I think, is really goofy. But this was one that I thought was uh, kind of cool. Yeah. This, is, this isn't like the reverse Flying V where it's no. like so weird that you can't wrap your mind around yeah. it. This is this looks like a uh, an everyday player guitar. Like this looks like something that's going to be part of someone's quiver for a long time. Yeah. And I think people are buying it that way uh, as an everyday sort of guitar, as a sub $2,000 Gibson that has some great qualities to it. It's probably made out of uh, great wood, great enough that the government wanted to take yeah. it away. It's got some backstory to it that's kind of neat. You can tell your grandkids when you show them the guitar, oh, the government tried to make this guitar not happen. <laughs> Gibson fought the fight. Yeah, yeah. So... Well, I don't know. I, don't, I got nothing. Else. You got nowhere else to go I'm with tired, this? man. It's been a rough week. Rough week for Steve. Yeah. I'm still recovering from that youth retreat. Yeah. So. You're going to be recovering from that for a while. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about this. Uh, we're going to try ending the, the shows with songs. Yeah. From, for a while. Uh, I think on this episode, to start it off, I'm going to drop uh, a recording that I did for a friend's compilation. It was for for Daniel. I forget how to pronounce his last um, name. Daniel Allen Foggerball oh, yeah. or something like that. that. Is it like, it's like Fef, Fofner, I think? Fof, yeah. It's it a weird German name. Fofender. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't hear this and cry. Hopefully he does and he writes us and tells us how to pronounce his yeah, name correctly. Maybe he can call us and tell us. Uh, but he did a compilation... Uh, a year ago where basically he wanted everyone to record their least favorite song like a cover of it right. and he would put them all on a on a thing and it was called Now That's What I Call Music That I Don't Particularly Care For. Is that what it was That's called? what it was called. So I recorded uh, my own version of the song Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett and that's what I'm going to tag the end of the episode with. Uh, listeners, if you have been known to record songs Send us your songs. Send us a link so that we can download them or send us a file to the email. What's the email address? Uh, 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. And uh, if we think it works, we'll tag it on the end of an episode. Yeah, for sure. And we will pimp your stuff. So, you know, if you send us a link, we will pimp your band or your band, sure. your band camp site or whatever. Yeah, someone someone and, the other uh, day uh, posted yeah. a link to their 
to their band and they were all apologizing like they felt guilty for it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Did yeah. you listen to what? I did. I did listen to it. What was it? Do you remember what uh, band it was? I forget the name of it, uh, but it was like he posted like the link to his Bandcamp album or something like that. And it's, it's was it good. a pop punk album? I think so. Oh, Skyline Social. Oh, is that what it is? Probably. Yeah, he said that he knows you. Oh yeah, Isaac. He's cool. Yeah. Okay, he's cool. Do yeah. that, guys. He's po- uh, he brought us the topic in like episode three, I think. Yeah, music is always on topic. Like, send us your music. Yeah, we will at least try to make an effort to listen to it. Yeah, totally. So, all right. So this has been sixty cycle hum. Word. And uh, we'll see you in episode seven. See ya.
Yes, I know.